Hello everybody and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to another guest episode on the Empower Them podcast. Guys, the energy of this episode is already so electric, so I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Now, today's guest is a lifestyle entrepreneur, a life elevator, and coach to ambitious entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, helping people write and launch best-selling books. He is a three-time best-selling author, a high-energy motivational speaker, an investor, and the founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, which has helped 70-plus NBA draft prospects turn their dreams of playing pro basketball into their reality. Not only this, but him and his work has been featured on Forbes, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. So guys, I am so excited to introduce you to you today, today's guest, Jake Kelfer. Welcome, Jake. What's going on? What's going on? Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty epic bio you've got going on there. <laughs> Thank you. I, I've done some really cool things. I'm really proud of them. And there's a lot more things to do, but it's been a heck of a ride so far. Yes, I love it. Well, I'm so excited to dive in and um, learn all about your journey today. But why don't you kick it off and, um, you know, tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Yes, yeah, so I, I grew up, you know, having the dream of playing in the NBA. All right. But as a 5'8 Jewish kid, that wasn't going all the way. And once I realized that the NBA wasn't going to be the, the place for me, I tried to figure out, well, what could I do that would still get me close? And so if I couldn't be in the NBA, I decided I was going to represent NBA players and work with professional athletes. And so I spent my whole college career trying to train to be an agent. Um, and I get ready to graduate college. I'm going to work for this agency and the agency goes on a hiring freeze and they can't hire me. So I'm about to graduate from USC, University of Southern California, thousands of, of dollars in student loan debt. And I might graduate jobless now. And I'm like, what? And then lo and behold, I get an opportunity to interview and work with the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. Now, it wasn't an agency, but as a kid that grew up in Los Angeles, loving the Lakers, it was a no brainer. Yes. It was uh, absolutely like, of course, I'll work with the Lakers, the networking opportunities, the resume, all of those things would just be blown up from, from that year of working with the team. So I ended up working with the team. And while I was there, I had an unbelievable time learning from Kobe and a lot of the other, other guys and all the people that are on the business side. And I realized like, if Kobe's making this kind of impact all over the world, how can I do that? Now, maybe I don't have the size of following that Kobe did or, or, or whatnot, but I said, how could I do that in my own way? And that's what led me to writing my first book. So Kobe retired, I retired, and I launched my very first book uh, at 23 years old called Elevate Beyond. And over the next four years, I went on to create an NBA combine that helped 70 NBA players sign their first contract. I went on to speak all over the world. I now have three books. And as we move into uh, this phase of my life, I primarily focus on helping entrepreneurs and coaches write and launch best-selling books. Wow, that is such an epic journey that you've gone on. And this is definitely a podcast episode that I'm going to be making my little brother listen to because just like you, he's still in high school. He's like 5'8". I don't even know if he's 5'8", actually. He might be on the brink of it, but he's so extremely passionate about basketball. And, um, you know, he knows that he does want to have some sort of career that can be aligned with that or can be aligned with making an impact in some way. So this will definitely be one that I'll be sending to him to have a listen to. Um, but I love, you know, what you shared with us about that journey you've been on so far. And what really stood out to me was the way that you went about creating opportunities for yourself, you know, to be able to network and to be able to get exposure and to be able to figure out the direction that you want to go in. So I'd love to know, you know, being the age that you were when you did get out there and you did start networking within that NBA space, how did you really go about stepping into those sorts of opportunities and finding those sorts of opportunities? I got good at hearing no. I got good at taking chances. And I got good on creating something that people needed. 
So I got good at saying no because or I got good at hearing no because I went up to these people to try to connect with the best in the world, the agents, the teams, and they were like, no, who are you? Right. People had more work experience than I had life experience. And here I was a young buck trying to come and make a difference. And so people, I got good at, at hearing no and, and really separating that no from uh, for what it is. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we hear no and we think it's a reflection of us. But what I got really good at doing was hearing no and saying, oh, they're not interested in that. They're not, it's not saying that they don't like me as a human being. And so I really got good at understanding that, which allowed me to flex on that muscle of hearing no and continuing to pursue more asks so that I could eventually get some yeses. And then when it comes to, to everything else is I got good in saying, do I want to live an average life or do I want to live a great life? And every single time I ask that question, it's, I want to live a great life. And so if I want to live a great life, I got to do great things. And if I want to do great things, I got to take great action. And so I just started doing everything and anything that was out of my comfort zone that I could do because I knew that on the other side of that, that gamble, that chance, that pivot, that evolution, that growth was going to be something that was a great surprise. And I don't know what those things were, but I knew that if I did that, great and unexpected things were going to happen. Mm, so what I'm really hearing is, you know, your desire or your hunger to like step into that greatness that you knew would become possible for you if you did push through the discomfort and break through your comfort zone really was what allowed you to overcome any sorts of fears or or mindset blocks or doubts or self-judgments or anything like that that would have stopped you from doing so. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like at every point of this phase, at every point of this journey, there's been those, those doubts, right? Like we all have them and they come in at different phases. They come in at different levels. Once you overcome once, another one comes up. Once you go backwards to go forward, the, the, everything comes up. And so it's really important to understand that it's not that you're the only one in the world that has those doubts or those feelings or those limiting beliefs. It's that if you want to move forward, it's what you do in it, when you face those limiting beliefs that allows you to come out on the other side. And so for me throughout this journey, I've done what I call discipline flexibility. Okay. And this is a term that I've really just kind of been thinking about, but essentially it's this idea that in everything that I've done and everything that I, that entrepreneurs do, you have to be disciplined. You have to focus on where you're going. You have to have laser focus. You have to take strong and intentional action, but you also have to have this ability to be flexible in what the market's wanting, in terms of what your customers want, in terms of where you want to go, because the path is never A to B in a straight line. The path is always the windy road with all the things that you can't expect. So if you have disciplined flexibility, it'll enable you to make adjustments and evolve as needed while also still maintaining that laser focus and keeping your eyes on the ultimate prize. And that's something that has really helped me grow and something that really has helped a lot of other people grow as well. Mm, I love that concept of discipline flexibility. I've never heard anyone use those words together before, but I love it because it really does highlight that sort of resilience and adaptability that you do need to have um, when you are in the entrepreneurial space. So that is just, I mean, we're what, like not even 10 minutes into this episode and there's so much value that you've already stacked on here. So what I want to sort of direct and ask you about is obviously as we went over in your bio, there are so many things that you've got going on. Like you're successful in so many different areas that aren't even necessarily completely aligned. So I'm curious to know, you know, how have you been able to balance all of these aspects of your business, of your career, you know, while still be able to succeed at a high level? So, so here's, here's the big thing here. And it's, and it's so amazing that you say that, because in a way, what is writing books, what is speaking and what does basketball have to do with each other on paper, nothing, but in my mind, everything. And here's what I mean by that. The mission is to turn dreams into reality and to help elevate people to achieve their own definition of success. So when we think about that, athletes, my goal was to help them turn their dream of playing pro ball into their reality. We did that. To help people achieve success, their own definition. When I speak, when I write my book, is not to create the life that I want for you. It's to create the life that you've always dreamed of. Going back to that, turn your dream into your reality. With the entrepreneurs we work with now helping write books, we help entrepreneurs and coaches turn their dream of writing a book into their reality. We help them write a book to create their dream life. So on paper, all of these things are so different, but the mission 
has ultimately always been the same. And that's where discipline flexibility has really helped me because I can be disciplined in my endeavors, but flexible in where I'm going because the outcome is ultimately the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I love that. I love how you were able to, I mean, just by using that one word of your mission, right? Everything, I can all of a sudden see how much it does actually connect. And I think that's so awesome. So I'd love to know, what are, what did you really do, you know, to get clear on what your mission in business and in life is? So so I, I knew I always wanted to speak and I always wanted to write books at some point. The only thing I didn't recognize was that you could do it at any point in your life. So I thought the path was for me, go to college, become an agent, become a millionaire from being an agent, buy a house, make a lot more millions, then buy an island, you know, then get married, have kids. And then once I've made it, then I could give back, then I could start speaking. And what I realized early on is that why do I have to wait? Who said you have to wait to achieve a status, a title, amount of fame, amount of success, amount of money to be able to do the things that you want to do? And so that's when I flipped the script and said, I don't need to wait. I can do it now. And that's why I started writing my first book at 23, built the basketball event at 24, 25. Like, and that's why I've been able to do all of these things because I said, why can't I do it? What, what rule book is there that says you have to wait? No, that's the rule book you've put in your mind. There really is no rule book. The game of life is meant to be played by all of us. And if you want to make something happen, you got to get off your ass and get in the game. It's simply put. And a lot of times, though, we think we can't do something because it hasn't been done or someone else isn't doing it or 75 other people did it this way. So that's the path we're supposed to go. But the cool thing about life is there really is no rules. You get to pick the rule book you get to pick the game and you get to go all in. And so for me, that's really how I've been able to to do all these different things and really get started and really say, you know what? I don't have to go the traditional path. I don't have to wait. I get to define success for myself. I get to choose the path I want to go on. I get to choose who I want to serve and ultimately create the life I want to live. Yes. And I mean, that's so important, you know, taking that time to just pause and check and ask yourself, like, are you putting your goals on hold? Are you waiting until someday, you know, when you do become a millionaire or you do become this or that to really start leaning into your mission, your passions and what it is you want to be doing? And I truly think that, you know, as long as you are waiting for that day to come, you're always going to be waiting. It's never going to come. Mm. It's never going to come if you're constantly in that state of, oh, I have to be here before I can have that, or I have to be here before I can feel that, right? But when you can make that switch and you can start really embodying, you know, that right here, right now, like you did with your book and writing that at the age of 23, which is so awesome, by the way, like I, I'm here with you. I started my business at 22, um, now just turned 24. So I'm all for other entrepreneurs chasing after at a young age as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I honestly think I waited too long before starting my business. As I was telling you before we started recording about, you know, my journey through um, architecture and study and all of that, I knew for like a solid two and a half years, you know, before I made the decision that I didn't want to be working in that industry, but I was waiting because of, I guess, fears and doubts that were there. So I'd love to know what would your tips be on really working through those sorts of fears and doubts or any sort of block that might be causing you to stay in a place of waiting rather than action? We have to understand that there is never going to be a perfect time. You will never be perfectly ready. You will never have all of the knowledge you need. You will never be perfect to be perfect. And so I think that it's so important that we recognize there's never going to be a perfect time and that the only way to get better is by doing. So the longer you wait, the more likely it is that someone else is going to capture the idea that you have in your mind and execute on it and you're going to miss out. And the longer you wait, the harder it becomes to do the thing you want to do. So let me give you an example here. My dad, one of my heroes, I was writing my book and he asked me before I, before the book was released, like, do you want to be rich? I was like, absolutely. He goes, do you want to be famous? I said, yes. He said, do you want to, do you want to be married one day? I said, yes. He said, do you want to have kids? I said, yes. He said, do you want to have cars? I said, yes. He said, do you want to do, have a beautiful house? I said, yes. He said, do you want all these things? I said, yes, I want all these things, dad. Yes, I want them all. I'm getting them all, right? And he goes, well, here's the truth. There's no shortcut. And I was like, okay, that makes a ton of sense. Like, there is no shortcut. And he goes, wait a sec, there is one. And I was like, what? And he said, the only shortcut in life is to start now. And that quote 
is so powerful because if you think about it, it's the ultimate shortcut. If you have two people with the same idea and one person starts today and one person waits a year, imagine where the person who started today is going to be in a year. Mm-hmm. They're going to have experienced it. They're going to have learned it. They're going to have gotten better. They're going to have evolved. They're going to know what worked, what didn't. And then they're going to be able to know what the next best thing is. Mm. And that's so, so, so important. So starting now is one of those big things. Another thing when it comes to overcoming these limiting beliefs is recognizing this. If you have a calling, if you have a message to be shared, a story to be shared, I believe it is your responsibility and your duty to share that message with people who need it. Because there is somebody out there in the world right now, all right? somebody listening to this podcast, somebody who is who you are thinking of, someone that you've never even met, who is waiting for you to share your story, your message in your voice through the delivery method of your choice. They don't want to hear the mindset coaching from someone else. They don't want to hear the financial investing. They don't want to hear the fitness stuff. They don't want to read the 75 books on the exact same topic. They want to read your book, your story, your message, your coaching program, and your voice. And that, when you take ownership of that, you start to realize that by holding back and waiting, you're actually being selfish and you're doing yourself a disservice. And so sometimes thinking about it in those various ways can help you overcome some of those blocks or overcome some of those limiting beliefs that we may face. Yes. Oh my gosh. Every single thing that you're saying that I am resonating with and I am agreeing with so hard right now. Are your finances holding you back from investing into a mentor to help you expand your business? Now, if you answered yes, then keep on listening because I have a solution for you. And guess what? It will cost you less than $50 to take part. So I'm excited to introduce to you our business builder hub. The BB Hub is an online space which supports the education, creation, and connection of entrepreneurs. Now inside the hub, I share exclusive Zoom trainings on business specific topics such as systems, strategies, sales, marketing, social media, and so much more. Inside the hub, I also share monthly downloadable resource drops such as templates and trackers to simplify your business systems, content, and more. There are live monthly business Q and A's, guest trainings, and also community challenges that I run within the hub to provide you that direct support and accountability to help you with your business growth. Now the BB Hub is for you if you're an online business owner, if you're looking for practical support and tools to help you grow your business, if you want to up-level your social media skills and start closing more sales online. Furthermore, the hub is for you if you want access to high-ticket trainings at a low and affordable monthly price. So stop putting your business on hold because of your finances and start getting the mentorship that you have always wanted. The regular pricing of the BB Hub membership is $49 per month. However, as a listener of the podcast, I have created a special discount link for you to join at an even better rate. So head to the episode description now to get started with 50% off your first month in the BB Hub. Go check it out. I can't wait to see you there. One thing I really want to ask you, Jake, is obviously you have such a high energy and I love it. Like I'm getting major Gary V energy off you and when you're speaking and all that. But what I'd love to know is um, obviously you are very connected to the mission that you have and the purpose that you want to serve. And how does that fuel you and your energy to show up in your business? Because clearly it's 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 having some some role in this energy that you're even bringing to this podcast. I'll, I'll preface it with this because I know that my energy level is at a, at a, uh, at an all time high. Like for most people they're like, some people are listening and they're gonna be like, dude, this dude talks so fast and has so much energy. Right. And, and for some people, here's what you got to recognize. First of all, is some people, whatever energy you bring to the table, some people are never going to appreciate it. And it's never going to be their style. For the longest time, I tried to talk slower. I tried to bring my energy up and down, depending on who I was talking to. And I got to a point where I recognized you don't need everybody to like you. You need the right people to love you. And the people that like how fast I talk in this energy, those are my tribe. Those are the people I'm going to get results for. Those are the people that are going to do some incredible things together. The other people, 
It's okay if I'm not your cup of tea. Go find someone else who is because they'll be able to best serve you and get you where you want to go. So that's one thing with energy that you have to recognize who you are and you have to own it. The other thing that I want to mention is that with energy, there is a baseline energy that everybody has. I think I was very blessed to have a naturally higher higher baseline of energy than, than a lot of people. But being that and having that, I need to make sure that I show up for my people every single time. So sure, I have a natural high energy, but all the rest of it, the passion, the excitement, the, the tonality, the, the emphasis, that comes from a desire to share my message, to share something that I believe can truly make a difference on someone else's life. When I get excited about these things, it's because there's something deeper than just saying words. There's meaning behind those words. There's purpose. There's intention. And when you can do that, people feel that. People gravitate towards that. And people are like, yes. I want more of whatever he's having because I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now. And so I just know that if there are people out there who need me, then I got to give them my best. I got to give them my best energy. And the last thing I'll mention to kind of tie this whole energy part up is when I look at Michael Jordan, when I look at Kobe Bryant, when I look at some of my favorite NBA players, I think of this. They always talked about how if even if there was one person in the auditorium, in the gym, they were going to play their best for the person that was watching. And so sometimes when I'm on Instagram, maybe there's three people on my live, or maybe I'm talking in an auditorium with 2,500 people screaming fans sold out. I have to bring the same amount of energy to the same group of people because everyone is looking for that. And it's my job to live up to my highest potential every single time. And so when you think of energy, right, you do it because there's passion, there's intention. You take what you're given and you own it. And then you deliver it at the best of your ability every time that you can. And then when you're not developing your energy, it's take time for yourself to recharge and relax. You Mm got to make sure that you give yourself that grace and that permission. Otherwise, nobody can go 100 miles a minute, 100 like every single day, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's like when you think of that energy, that's that's what resonates with me. And that's that's what I'll share with you um, when it comes to that energy and that belief. I love that. And the reason why I really wanted to ask you about all of that when we were on that topic of obviously taking the action and starting now is because if you do have a calling, if you do feel drawn towards pursuing something, you should really lean into that energy, the excitement that that is bringing you. And that in itself will really help you drive forward to start taking the action and pushing through those blocks, right? Like it shifts our perspective from focusing on, oh, but what if if I receive judgment or, oh, what if this fails to instead you know, being focused on that, that mission, the passion and the energy that brings you and that in itself is going to really push you forward and helping you take those first steps to really starting now. So I love all of that. And is there something else you want to add? Yes. I love what you're saying with that. And I think it's so critical for us to recognize that energy comes in different ways. You do not have to have the same high energy, like hyped up energy and fast tonality and fast way of speaking to have the same amount of energy to be felt and received by other people. And so this is something like people say, oh, your energy is at this level. My energy is not there. That doesn't mean you have less energy. It just means you might have less emphasis on that energy, right? Or less expressiveness around that energy, but you can still be just as, if not more effective with your own style of energy and communication. So I really want to like bring that to the forefront here is that the energy that you possess when there's passion and intention behind it, people will feel it. It doesn't have to always be energy that you think you need to have. It needs to be shown and delivered through your actions and through the way you speak that energy. I love that you shared that there because even myself across the past year of my own business journey, you know, when I first started, the energy that I was sort of carrying and showing is very different to the energy that I have now. And to me, I was taking that as a negative thing. You know, I was taking that, I was putting a lot of judgment on myself saying, oh, Emily, your energy's changed. You know, you're not doing this the same. You're not doing that the same. You know, you're not showing up in this way anymore. Like, why are you doing this? Get back to how you were. But then I was able to recognize that just because the way that I present my energy has shifted doesn't mean that's a negative thing. But actually in itself, like my energy has matured, it has grown and it has become more confident and um, expansive. And that's something incredible in itself. So um, I love that you were able to touch on that because that's something that I completely resonate and resonate with and have really noticed across the past year also. That's awesome that you recognize that. 
Yeah. And I mean, something I'd love to hear from you as well, um, because obviously, you know, we're speaking here to a lot of entrepreneurs who are within my community and also within your community checking out this episode. I can tell that you're someone who shows up and you perform to the highest level that you can bring yourself to perform. Now, how does someone go about doing that? How does someone go about unlocking their uh, full potential on how they show up and how they perform in their business so they can make sure they're showing up at the highest level? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and I'm going to interpret that question as how do we make sure that we fill up our cup to make sure that we can deliver and give to others, right? Is that yeah. in my understanding how you want to go there? Yeah, right. I love it. So here's, here's the thing. I can't deliver an A plus performance if I'm not ready to deliver an A plus performance. Mm. So part of that looks like, did I do the prep work? Have I visualized what I want the outcome to be? Have I set myself up to be able to deliver that? Now, when it comes to filling up my cup and making sure that I'm ready and I'm prepared, the things that I like to do is I love to make sure that I get my sleep. Okay. I use an aura ring to track my sleep. I try to go to bed very early and I like to wake up very early. I have a very structured morning routine, but going back to discipline flexibility, I have a routine that can be adjusted based on what brings me most joy, but also what gets me the results I'm looking for. I make sure that if I know I'm going to be doing a bunch of podcasts, like today, I've done a few episodes. What I do is I make sure that I'm drinking enough water to make sure my voice stays strong. I make sure that I go on walks and disconnect with my phone. When I know I have a coaching call coming up, I make sure I review my notes. I make sure that I go on a walk and I don't use technology because I just want to be with my thoughts. I make sure that I do gratitude every single day because that puts me in the present. I'm ambitious. I want to get the next thing. I want to deliver the best, but I got to be in the present to be able to see that, to feel it, to connect with it. And so when I think about it, I exercise. When it comes down to it is you got to find whether it's the stuff that I do or it's the stuff that feels good to you is you got to find things in your own life that rejuvenate you, that get you excited, that reduce your stress levels in order to be able to perform from preparation. And those are the things that I feel are so influential to my success and my ability to perform at a high level on a high stage. Mm, I love it. Preparation is key at the end of the day. And I love how you put so much importance there. I mean, I was so open for this to go in any direction that you wanted it to. And I love that the direction you took it was prioritizing self-care and ensuring that you're creating the space to be able to prep yourself to be able to show up at your highest level. Now, in saying that, obviously, uh, when there are new entrepreneurs that are coming into the industry, it can be very easy for them to lean into the hustle culture and, you know, throw away all that self-care and, and think, oh, none of this stuff is important. You know, all I need to do is sit down and, and do my activity all day, every single day. What would your advice be for someone who does need to deliver or does want to deliver that sort of, um, I guess, high level of work and time put, in, put into their work, but still be able to integrate little pockets of self-care or little pockets of preparation and balance? Like, what would your tips be around managing that? Mm. Well, first of all, I'll recognize, like, let's recognize a statistic and let's get real here for a second. If you are going to work an eight-hour day, a 12-hour day, let's just say, right, we're, we're, we're trying to overwork, trying to hustle, and you go for 12 hours. I bet you you're probably working for six or seven, maybe. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you were to time yourself using the toggle app, you're going to be like, oh shit, I'm not. Because what you're going to find is that at a certain point, your productivity level decreases. There's what we call the law of diminishing returns. You do something and at a certain point, anything after that, it doesn't seem to have the same growth uh, or the same efficiency or the same productivity levels. And so when you do that, a lot of people say, I work 14 hour days. I work 12 hour days, work 16 hour days. No, you were awake and near your computer for 16 hours a day, but you weren't getting shit done that entire time. So first let's, let's call that out. Let's recognize that, that you saying you're up late, that you're doing that stuff doesn't mean you're actually working. Busy is different than productive. Let's get that very, very clearly. The second thing that is so, so, so important, especially for new entrepreneurs, because this is the trap that I fell in, is you come in and you're trying to create money out of thin air. You put all this pressure on yourself to say, well, I got to pay my bills. I don't want to be eating PB&Js for the rest of my life. I got to you know, pay for rent. I got to do all these things. What immediately you start to do is you start to sacrifice what it is that you actually desire for what you think you're supposed to achieve. 
And a lot of times where that leads to is comparison. You start to say, oh, well, this person does this. I need to do that. This person's on those vacations, so I need to do this. And when you compare yourself, you take yourself away from what it is that you actually desire, and you start focusing on what you think you're supposed to do. Where I got into trouble was, is I started to compare myself to things that weren't even really real. Oh, this person is making this much amount of money. They must be living this dream life. But meanwhile, their expenses were the same and their profit was at a 10% profit margin. I was like, that's not what I want to be doing. Like, you know what I mean? And so what you have to recognize is you have to go back to the most fundamental truth you have, which is what is your definition of success? Hmm. Don't compare what you want to what someone else wants. Don't compare what you desire to what someone else desires. What is your definition of success? How much money is that? What type of living situation is that? Once you understand that, then all the other actions can start to take place because you stop trying to compare yourself. You stop trying to work the 18 hour day because you know what you need to do to get the results you're looking for. And when you factor all those things together, that's where the magic starts to happen. Yes. Oh my gosh. Again, I'm so happy with the direction you took this. I like to leave my questions quite uh, open-ended. So I'm not essentially guiding you towards any specific point that I want to hear. But I love what you mentioned there because at the end of the day, like I even entered the entrepreneurial space in that mindset, thinking that, you know, in order to achieve massive results, I need to work 16 hour days, right? But that's not the reality of it because you really do need to take that step back and consider, well, how efficiently are you going to be working in that time? And can you actually work less time, but put in a higher level of energy and intention into that space that you are accommodating to there. So I absolutely love what you touched on there. And also that idea of um, are you sacrificing what you desire, you know, for the sake of achievement? And that achievement is a lot of the time driven by our egos, right? Like our egos want us to make a million dollars in 12 months or do this or do that, right? Because of the sort of title or pedestal we feel like we're going to be put on from that. But at the end of the day, in the process of working towards these sorts of achievements and accomplishments that are being driven by the ego, we do end up sacrificing what it is we really desire. And you've got to come back and you've got to ask yourself the question of why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you an entrepreneur? Why are you your own, your own business owner? Is it because you want more freedom? Is it because you want to feel fulfilled by what you're doing? And is the pursuit of these, you know, ego-driven achievements you're working towards costing you those things that you started this in the first place for? So I love that you brought the attention over to that in this conversation. Again, like so much value there. And of course, is there anything else you'd want to add on that before we move forward? Yeah. And you, and you mentioned Gary V earlier, right? Yeah. And Gary V's Gary V's notorious for the, the, the hustle culture and, and the, the work hard and, you know, eating shit in your twenties is, is what I think he says all the time. Right. Yeah. But, but here's something that, that I want everyone to think about is this Gary V is, is awesome at what he does. But one of my friends said, he told me this in an interview that we were doing, he was like, everybody wants to be Gary V, but do you want Gary V's calendar? And when he said that, it's kind of like, wait a second here. You want the results, but you don't want to actually do the work. You want the results, but you don't actually want the calendar. So would you want Gary Vee's calendar to have those success? I don't know. There's nothing wrong with working long hours. There's nothing wrong with hustling, but there is such greatness in making sure that you can enjoy the process while you're putting in the hours. And that's the secret sauce. Mm. Now I do want to, before we obviously close up the episode. I want to create space to dive into your area of expertise. But before we do touch on that, while we're on this topic, um, what I'd love to sort of hear from you is what's your opinion on timelines and the pressures that we put on ourselves around timelines? Because as we were talking about in the sense of like achievements and all of that, like I even find myself falling into the trap of like, Emily, you have to like achieve this by set time or set age or set this. What is your input, your, you know, opinions, perspective, all of that on the idea of timelines um, when you are in pursuit of your mission and your purpose? I think timelines create the ability to be measured. Mm. Okay. And so when you think about this, and, and I'm kind of reflecting on this topic a lot because I'm actually reading a book right now that is, um, it's called a happy pocket full of money. And it's all about money mindset. And, you know, one of the examples they say is, you know, people always say, I want to be a millionaire, right? 
And, you know, we always say, I want to be a millionaire by 30. That's like probably one of the most common things that young entrepreneurs say, right? And I'm, I've said the same thing myself. You know, I'm 29. I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire by 30, right? And what's interesting is that, that in the book, you know, when you talk about a timeline like that, what you're doing is you're basically telling the universe that that's the timeline. When in reality, what if the universe wanted to give you a million dollars at 25? And so sometimes what we have to do is we have to allow things to be while still taking intentional and forward action. So I'm, I'm contemplating how does that play into effect into my own life? Because then they say, well, I, I, I am a millionaire, right? Talk in the present. And then people say, well, when are you a millionaire? And you say soon, because soon gives you that, that, well, it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be two years from now, but it could still be sooner than 30, Right. So that's one kind of thought that is very interesting. And I'm kind of pondering if like how I process that and understand that. On the flip side, though, I love deadlines and timelines because what happens here is you will take as long as you give yourself to complete what you want to complete. And so if you're, for example, writing a book, right? This is my zone of genius. If, if I'm helping someone write a book, they've spent four years trying to figure it out and they haven't finished it. But the minute I say you're going to get it done in four months, they're like, no freaking way. A month in, their rough draft's already done. They couldn't do it for three years, four years prior. Now they get it done in 30 days. Why? Because we set the intention, we build that timeline, we create that deadline. Now I'm a big believer in using deadlines to be able to create smaller action items that allow you to believe in yourself to move forward. So on one hand, the spiritual side of things that I'm just learning about that I don't fully grasp or understand, and by no means am I a spiritual expert or spiritual being per se, but it is interesting to say, well, how do I incorporate that flow and that, uh, that just allowing the universe to work in my favor? But on the analytical side and the way that I operate in a lot of ways is, well, I'm going to put a deadline on there and I'm going to work backwards. But I think there's also, I think it's very important to be able to be open to understanding both. But for the gist of this conversation, I would say that anything that you want to get done and it's a task that you want to complete, your deadline, your timeline, put it on there because you will take as long as you give yourself that space. And then use that to give yourself a way to break it down to make it easier, more achievable, and more believable. Because once you see the path, you start to say, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. That's the key. Yes. I love that. Using timelines as a means to, as like a healthy motivation and a healthy pressure for you to take that forward action on your goals. But at the end of the day, the deadlines aren't the be all and end all. Don't put a deadline that is maybe uh, selling yourself a bit short, as you said, like being a millionaire by 30, maybe the universe has it installed for you by the time you're 25 or 26 and really being able to have that, I guess it's flexibility again, right? Um, with the way that you do view these concepts. So I love that. Thank you for adding that value there. And before we move in to dive into our conversation around like writing and creation of books and all of that, you did mention like the universe and spirituality in there. And that's something that I talked to all of my guests about on this podcast. And I wasn't going to bring it up unless it naturally came up here. But I'm just curious to know, is spirituality something that you integrate into your um, own like personal development and entrepreneurial practices or not quite? spirituality. I'm not really a big woo woo person. Yeah. However, I'm very much open to being enlightened by what the universe has in store for me. And I've gotten really good at recognizing too, if I can't solve a problem using the ways that I know how to, I'm going to tap into other methods. Yeah. <laughs> and so spirituality, I've been, I've been open to it and really tapping in the masculine versus the feminine energy. and really trying to understand that a little bit more because, you know, the way I do things has worked really, really well. But if I can be better and maybe that's the missing piece or that can enhance what I'm trying to do, then why would I not be open to learning more about that? So I find that really interesting, but like I've never, you know, I, I've, I've learned a little bit about human design, Enneagram, like the belief in the universe has your back, like all that stuff to me three years ago, I'd been like, get out of my face. Like this is nonsense. But as I evolve and as I get to where I want to go, and as I open myself to receiving help, well, there's more opportunities for me there. So am I going to pull an Oracle card out of a deck and like base my day around that? Am I going to, you know, take my Sagittarius being and decide who I am on that and who I should marry? No, none of that. I, no, that's not, that's not really me at this point in my life, but am I open to spirituality and, and the, the, the amazingness that, that it has to offer? Absolutely. Mm. And so I think that for me, it's just about 
yeah, I'm open to it. It's not something I live by or practice by, but it's something that I do believe in. And I've seen great results in, in various areas from it for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was purely just out of my own curiosity. I just yeah. love to sort of learn about um, other people's beliefs and, you know, if spirituality is something they integrate. And especially because a lot of the people that do come through this podcast are females, right? And like in this female space, like this spiritual um, feminine flow is something that's really heavily embraced. So I love to be able to see that even as like, you know, a very masculine um, and action driven male, you are also open into exploring those sorts of areas and tapping into that more feminine side also. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Jake. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm also the guy that loves rom-coms, you know, and, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm as masculine energy as it gets, right? Like, I'm like, let's go, let's make it happen. Basketball sports, do it, let's do it. But I'm also learning how to be, and I'm learning how to enjoy. I'm learning how to be present. I'm learning how to do all of these other things. So it's, it's a wild journey, but, but isn't that what life is all about? We got to have fun in the pursuit of greatness. Yes, exactly that. Now, Jake, I really want to hone in on your zone of genius, you know, for this um, final half of our podcast today, or I suppose not half, final quarter of our podcast today. (laughs) Um, So why don't you, you know, start off by sharing a little bit with our audience about what your zone of genius is. So so my zone of genius at, at this point of my journey, right, is primarily working with author or excuse me, entrepreneurs, experts, thought leaders, coaches and helping them turn their knowledge, their passion, their expertise into a self-published best-selling book so that they can grow their business. And so we work with people really helping them go from big idea all the way to bestseller. And that's actually the name of our program, Big Idea to Bestseller. And we help people do this and write their own book in four months or less. Amazing. I mean, I know when the time comes for me to uh, take my big idea to a bestseller, I know exactly who to go to now. But can you give us a little bit of insights into what the benefits actually are around publishing a book and why someone should invest their time into doing so? Yeah. So, so let's, let's just give an example here, right? You see two people, a lot of times when people are trying to decide who they want to invest with, who they want to work with, or, you know, who they want to learn from, what's the first thing you do? You look at your options mm-hmm. and let's say you have option A and you have option B. Option A doesn't have a book, they're great at what they do. Option B has a book and they're great at what they do. Who in your mind is more credible, the person with the book or the person that doesn't have the book? Naturally, as a society, we gravitate towards the person with the book. So immediately by having a book, you give yourself an advantage, whether it's conscious or subconscious, to your audience, to other people. Now, let's go to the next part. When you want to learn something, where do we go to learn something? We go to Google or we go to get a book, right? How do we used to do it? We used to go to the library. Oh, you want to learn something? Go to the library, get a book. Book will have the information that you can use. As we go, one of the first things that people do when they get their feet wet in a new concept is, well, they learn from people. Books are the best knowledge from some of the greatest people in the world, and you can get access to it for a very affordable rate. So again, right off the bat, you have a book, you can get into people who are starting their journey on a particular topic or advancing their journey on a particular topic because you have the book. Now let's bring it back into how can this be related to us? Well, a book can be a low ticket entry level point product for an entrepreneur. It can be a lead generation tool for high ticket clients. It can be used for customer onboarding. The best customer is one you already have. Started off strong so you can get repeat buyers. You can use it as a way to build incredible relationships. You send a cold email or you send a book to someone. Which one's getting opened? A book. And You can use it as a way to get booked on podcasts and stages. All of those things right there come from one book. You can incorporate all of those strategies with one single tool. Name another marketing tool that you can do all five of those things with at an incredibly high level. Mm -hmm. I'll wait because you ain't going to come up with one. Having a book is the most practical way to getting seen, to building trust, and to being able to get your message out there to the people that need you right now. Authority and education, right? Like really positioning you as an authority figure um, at what you do, giving you that credibility as well and being able to educate uh, your audience and prospective leads on a deeper level than what you can through just simple content. So I definitely see the value in creating a book. But now what my question is, is in my head, it's like a big, complicated, scary, elaborate process. Is that the truth? 
It can be. <laughs> it can be somebody's <laughs> truth. It's not your truth. It's not the truth of anyone that's listening when they work with us. Here's why. I'm a busy, I've written three books. I'm a busy entrepreneur running multiple companies. I don't have time to lock myself in a cabin in the woods, grow my beard out for six years, six months, six years, and then come back and be like, voila, I have this masterpiece. Meanwhile, I wasn't doing anything else. That's not really how a lot of us operate, but that's a lot of how us think when it comes to writing a book is, oh, I have to put everything on hold. So what we've done is we've been able to take this crazy complex concept of creating a book and we focus on two things. How do you get it done as quickly and as efficiently as possible? So in one hour a day, and how do you have a ton of fun doing something that you might not normally associate with fun? When you combine those two things, we have people finishing their books in four months and being able to grow their business, hit number one bestseller, and to be able to grow their business from that, get on stages all across the world. That's how we break it down. We take the complex, we make it simple. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love when people simplify things because that's all it is, right? Like in our brains, we think, oh, this is scary. This is big. This is complicated because we don't really know what we're doing. We just don't have the knowledge around it. But the way that you explain that makes it so simple. So obviously, you know, this is something that you teach through your program, which of course I would love for you to be out of promo with our audience in case there is anyone. And I do know, you know, there are people in my audience who have definitely dropped the words to me of, I want to write a book someday. So I definitely know that'll be aligned with them. But, you know, for someone who's maybe not ready to take that step and actually invest in this course, what are the first steps they could start taking to get on the way to writing their first book on their own? If you want to write your book on your own, I support you. Go for it. You know what I mean? Like, like I want your book and, and your message to be out there. If I can help you do it, awesome. If, if you want to do it on your own, give it a shot, right? I'll be there if you mm. need the help. I'll support you if you need the help. But here's what I would say. Ask yourself, why do you want to write this book? Understand your intention first, because that will make what you put in the book more clear and concise. For example, mm. if you are using this book to just share a story and to share a message, then by all means, add more personal anecdotes, add more storyline and things like that. If you are using this as a lead generation tool to grow your business, then make sure you're solving an immediate problem for your reader. Make sure you have clickbacks, linkbacks, lead generation tools within your book that allow people to become some email subscribers. There's different things that you would use. So understand why are you writing this book? Then identify if you're writing it on your own, who is this book for? Who am I writing this book for? And then the third thing that I want you to do is I want you to define your success, okay? What does success look like for you as a book writer? What does it look like for your book to be successful? How in your mind would you feel that you are successful with your book? Once you have that, you have your intention and your reason why, you have exactly who the book's for, and you know what success looks like. Now we can decide what idea makes sense. We can decide what type of book is, it makes sense. And then we can get writing. All right. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do the prep work, if we don't set our intention, we don't do all the, the pre stuff, then we're never going to get to have the post stuff. And so that's what I would say. If you're trying to get started and you want to really focus, don't just start writing today. Start focusing on the behind the scenes, then move into the outlining phase. And then you start to the writing phase. That's my recommendation for someone who wants to start and it can help you move mountains in terms of progress. Oh, amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that valuable advice as well. And just to reflect back to you to make sure that um, our listeners are clear on it. The first three steps is really getting clear on the intention of the book, the reason why you were writing the book, who is it for, and then defining success for yourself and this book. Amazing. So in saying that then, Jake, can you let our listeners know if they are curious about learning more about um, obviously how you can support them in their book writing journey, what, what information do they need regarding that? So the best thing to do would be go on Instagram at Jake Kelfer, just my Instagram handle. Shoot me a DM that you came from the pod. We'll hook you up with some, some cool bonuses. Um, and you can also get a, a free training on my profile, how to write and launch a best-selling book in one hour a day. So we have a free training that comes with a PDF and all these goodies. Um, so if you want more information, go there and hop on the Instagram. We'll chop it up. We'll hang out in the DMs. If you've got questions, I'll answer them. Like, let's get your books out.
Amazing. Well, I'll make sure that we put the link to your Instagram then in the episode description so that people can easily access that and go get your freebies and start connecting and communicating with you further. Now, in saying this, Jake, as we start to wrap up our episode, what I always like to do with my guests is ask them for a final piece of empowering advice, since this is the Empower With Them podcast. So what would your final piece of advice be that you'd love to share with our audience today? My final piece of advice is going to be this for today. It's going to be live your life through the ACE method. Whenever you're in doubt, whenever you aren't sure what to do next, whenever you aren't sure about, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I take this chance? Should I not take this? Should I go big? Should I go home? Whatever. Use the ACE method. A, take intentional action. C, build meaningful connection. And E, enjoy the journey and the pursuit of greatness. If you take action, surround yourself with the right people and have fun, you're going to be doing some great things and feel very empowered. Amazing. Jake, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Honestly, this has been such a value-packed episode and like so value-packed because of the fact that you speak so fast and yet we've still gone for basically a solid hour of conversation. So I love it. Thank you for your time. I have taken so much value away myself and I know my listeners, uh, our listeners are going to absolutely have eaten up this episode. So thanks, Jake, for coming on. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.